The following is brought to you by Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. TotalSeal.com. Welcome back to another edition of Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal. I'm Joe Costello, and we have got another great episode. All you podcast listeners out there, I want to thank you very much for subscribing and all of the things associated, writing review, rating, those of you who did so on Apple Podcasts. That really helps in sharing the show and allowing more people to find the show, not to mention the Facebook group and the Facebook page and all the social media. It has been tremendous to see all the interaction that is going on there. And speaking of interaction, Lake Speed Jr. back for another episode. Lake, how are you? I am fantastic, Joe. Uh, thanks for having me back on. I know it's between Keith and myself. We kind of bounce back and forth, but yeah, we had to arm wrestle for it because we really enjoy doing this. Well, exactly. And on this episode, we're going to kick it back to the Engine Performance Expo. We had one of these a little bit earlier. There were so many great presenters and audio, but some of it was perfect for hidden horsepower. And on this particular show, Doug Yates, I think he knows a little something about building horsepower engines. And I know he blew my mind in like how rapidly things can get done nowadays with the proper machining. Yeah, Doug, when he was speaking, you know, at the Engine Performance Expo, it was one of those moments where it's like, wait, we've got to get this interview, move it over as an episode of Hidden Horsepower. And, of course, the guys there at the Engine Performance Expo were great. They said, yeah, we'd love to do that. You can, you know, take some of these uh, clips, you know, like Warren Johnson, who was – uh, one of the previous ones we've done like this, and, and Doug and some others, let's do that. So, because, yeah, Doug's, I mean, he's Doug Yates. I mean, we all know his dad, Robert Yates, was an absolute legend. The man, uh, as we've learned, was the, you know, the guy that built the very first small block Chevrolet. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so there was all these things, you know, not to, to throw too many spoilers out there, but it's like, wait, this guy was the legends of legends. And so, and Doug grew up around that. And then Doug's brought in the new school modern technology, blending it with that old school, you know, Wiley figured out how to make things happen, you know, get the edge. But Doug's doing it with modern tools and engineering, so he's a he's a force to be reckoned with. Which we, I remember you know, when Mark Cronquist was on. What did he say? Anytime he can beat Doug Yates is a good day. So I think that's all we got to say, right? Yes. I mean, this is the guy that the other guys shoot for. Well, the best of the best uh, idea. Like think about other arenas right whether it be you know football or whether it be whatever it is like whenever you get together the best of the best of the best the absolute pinnacle that's what we're talking about with Doug Yates and I'll let you know a little secret behind the scenes everybody you know like I he reached out to me afterwards and said like hey good job with the interview and I was like yeah that's super cool Uh, I was excited not you know I don't get that kind of pressure when Lake is on with me but Doug Yates I was feeling it and uh, we had a great time the audio was awesome, and we're going we're gonna to kick it back out there. But I want everybody to know the reason we're doing this is because Engine Performance Expo has a YouTube channel. We would love for you guys to subscribe and check out the rollout of all the different content. And it's the kind of thing that is there as a resource uh, for people who are like, what did they say? What was that? What do I need to do? What was the situation there? You can always go to YouTube and check it out. 
Exactly. That's the cool thing about the Engine Performance Expo is that it's not this effervescent event that happens in one moment of time and then it's gone by recording it and then moving the content to the YouTube channel. Now all of this content is available to everyone on demand, you know, in perpetuum. So that's, that's what we're hoping uh, to be able to get out of this is be able to, to create a great tech resource so that everybody can elevate their game and build better engines that make more power, that run cooler and live longer. That's the goal, right? Bigger, faster, stronger. That's what we're trying to do here. And so the Engine Performance Expo, big part of it. And, of course, guys like Doug, they're the ones who are showing us the way, giving us that insight, that inspiration to go bigger, faster, stronger with your engine builds. All right. Without further ado, let's kick it back to the inaugural Engine Performance Expo and our interview with... Doug Yates. I'm super excited about this next bit. I am here because I get to spend a lot of time out there on the National Hot Rod Association tour watching guys burn nitro, but I have always had a passion for NASCAR. And how can you not? And so now we get a chance to connect with one of the greats of all time, certainly, Doug Yates from Roush Yates Racing Engines. And we are going to get to dive in. Doug, first of all, thank you so much for joining us here at the Engine Performance Expo. Yeah, Joe, thanks for having me on today. This is awesome. I've been watching a little bit of the videos and the things you guys are doing, and this is, this is fantastic. So thanks for having me on the Engine Expo today, and uh, looking forward to catching up and, uh, and hanging out with you for a little bit. Well, you know, and what we're doing is we're learning so much, but every once in a while, like the, the people... The parts and the pieces are a big part of it, but the people are what really make it go. And that's where your experience is just tremendous. The, the arc of your career, the things you've seen, obviously your dad. I'm just super excited to speak with you today. So let's, uh, let's start off with, you know, coming up in a racing family. Like, you didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have a choice but to go to work, that's for sure. Because, you know, my dad was the son of a Baptist preacher here in Charlotte. Uh, he loved hot rodding, working on engines, uh, taking the engine out of his car and changing the cam and fixing it up. And that led to a career and uh, start in NASCAR. It really started at Home and the Moody at 1970, a Ford factory back team here in Charlotte. They had about 300 employees to build all the engines and all the cars for Ford Motor Company. And that gave my dad an opportunity to learn about engines. Uh, he was pretty good with math and science. And uh, so he, he started there. and really started his engine building career and, and uh, took it from there. Uh, when Ford kind of pulled out of racing for a little while, took a pause, he went to work for Junior Johnson just north of here, um, at legendary Junior Johnson. So me and my mom and my sister, we moved to North Wilkesboro, and uh, that's kind of where I started getting some exposure to working at the shop with my dad, uh, sweeping the floors, washing the parts, and, and that kind of carried on through my teenage years and, uh, you know, just being around it. Uh, like I said, my job was to make sure the shop was clean and take the engines apart and get them ready to be put back together. Uh, I had a chance to hone my first lock when I was about 13 years old. That's, you know, I started when I was 10, uh, racing go-karts along the way and, uh, and had a lot of fun doing that. But uh, one decided to follow my dad's footsteps as an engine builder, and, um, and, uh, and, and I did that, and, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, when I approached my college years, I decided to, instead of just coming, going to work with my dad, who had an engine shop at the time, that I wanted to go off and get a degree in uh, mechanical engineering. So I went to North Carolina State, uh, received a degree in mechanical engineering, and met a fantastic guy, a professor there, uh, a guy named Joe David. And he was uh, doing research work for General Motors at the time, 
we were racing Fords, but he taught me a lot about engines. Uh, and uh, as soon as I graduated, my mom and dad actually bought a race team at that time, uh, the Texaco Haviland Ford with Davey Allison. Uh, they bought that team, and, and when I graduated, my mom and dad asked if I would come back to work in the family business, and I did. And that time, uh, NASCAR was really small. That was 1990. We owned uh, a couple engines and a race car with uh, a 28 car with Davey Allison, and I started to learn about engines and um, and and start racing and competing. But one of the best parts, and you touched on this, is that the people in the industry is what makes it so special. The guys like Ed Keebler at Rottler, the guys like Scooter Brothers at Comp Cams, Billy Galbert, uh, all those people that are involved in the sport, um, it's really a community and a family. And, and that's what I like about today and being part of this is um, when you go to trade shows or you go to seminars and you meet all the people, we're all doing the same thing. It's just at different levels and different opportunities but if there's any way to to give back and and to keep and to talk to them and hang out with them like we're doing today it's really fantastic but um just follow my dad's footsteps and that's what got me into racing and got me started while we're here today so there was no point that you threatened to rebel and go sell insurance or anything like that <laughs> no yeah like i said i i, I raced go-karts for a while I, you know most people have a passion i hear you are a drag racer and so you understand that, and, and I raced uh, local asphalt uh, go-karts and, and loved it for about three years, but uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We came up from a very modest beginning, and so putting tires on the go-kart was pretty tough, so I uh, decided to, to make a living building race engines, and, and that worked out pretty well. But no, it's, it's been racing. Um, you know, I love racing, I love the competition, I uh, love NASCAR. You know, it's been a great opportunity for the Yates family, uh, my dad and myself, and and my family, uh, hopefully into the future. But uh, no, it was, it's been all racing all the time. And uh, it's been, I've been blessed that way and, uh, and, and really fortunate. So let's uh, expand a little bit on the transition of technology, like what you just described with your career. I think we're seeing that uh, it's necessary instead of just rolling up yeah. your sleeves and going to work on an engine and pulling some parts off and figuring it out. You went and got a degree, you became a mechanical engineer. We're seeing through these uh, engines and machinery like that's that's the way it has to be. There's uh, technology is involved. You need to know how to use the technology if you're going to evolve the product that's under the hood of these race cars. That's what you've done. And now to be involved at the highest level, you have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when I first started, like I said, I graduated, we owned three engines. Uh, we own one manifold, one distributor, and one carburetor. <laughs> so that's where we started. But our engines were so good back then. My dad and his team, and we developed a cylinder head um, that ended up being the, it's a C3 Ford head, but people call it the Yates head. And basically what happened at that time, you know, NASCAR engines were highly modified. And NASCAR said, wait a minute, there's too many different Ford heads. You guys pick one. And they picked my dad and our heads. And, uh, and we gave that to all the four teams. Now, we didn't want to give it because we had a, about a 50 horsepower advantage at the time. But they said, all right, let's take your head, Robert. Let's work with you. And you guys will basically be the distributor. So at that time, it took about three months to make a set of cylinder heads. Very highly modified. Take them off, weld them up, heat treat them, put the guys in where you want them, change the chamber, a spark plug position, everything. About three months. So we decided there's no way we can make all these cylinder heads for everybody. So my dad went out and bought his first CNC machine, a Morrissey KMB40, and started doing the chambers and the port entrances. And uh, that led to five axis machining. And today we can produce a set of cylinder heads uh, after they're cubed. 
which we do here in-house. We take them from casting all the way up. We can have a set of heads in six hours. And so we have, you know, true five-axis machining and uh, continue to look ahead. But that process went from three months and today, uh, six hours. And technology has continued to change. You know, when I started, we had one Superflow Dyno, one Dyno. Uh, I did all the testing, ran the race engines. And today we have dynamometers that will run a, a full race condition. They're ABL transient dynos. Probably the one of the biggest innovations was how we test engines. We can simulate every single thing that goes on with cars. Now that we have the data from the track through the EFI system, we can bring all that information here, load it up on the dynamometer, run an engine just like it's in a car to race, uh, pick a driver, pick a track, and we can go recreate that and just, and make sure that we don't have any issues. You know, we build a fresh engine, we run a race, we take it apart uh, and dissect all the parts and go back through them and make sure everything's perfect. So a lot of technology on the testing side, a lot of innovation on the manufacturing side. But I'll tell you what, Rottler has done an amazing job. Um, they have truly automated equipment. Like I said, I owned my first block when I was 13 years old, probably wasn't very good, probably didn't, not sure if it sealed up, we didn't test that well, but uh, today, the 875A homes, we have two of them, and they're basically like CNC homes. Uh, it's taken a lot of the black art and magic out of it, and uh, really he's done a good job, and Rottler has done a great job with technology. Now, I'll give you a little story. My dad, after he retired from, from NASCAR, he, he retired in 2007 from being a car owner, he started doing all the K&N engines that are raced all across the series. So every NASCAR K&N engine is, came from my dad. Um, it's a Chevrolet engine. He, he loved to hone the blocks himself. And so to take a new block from Dart and to hone it to get the surface finished exactly like he wanted was about a six-hour job. Uh, we received the 875As with the automated rollover, automated hole-to-hole, and, and really high-tech. So it's basically just touch, program it, touch and go. Uh, and, and it was so fast. And I told him, I said, kept saying, Dad, look, you should try this. You should, you should really give Rottler a chance and, and see what you think. So after many months of conversation, uh, one afternoon he called me up and he said, I'm ready. I said, okay. I said, bring the block over. So we put it in the Rottler. Uh, we programmed it, uh, Carson Dunn and all the guys here, and Dave Bullock, who's going to be on your segment later today, I believe, um, got it all set up for him, hit the button, and in 45 minutes, the block was completely finished. No touch. And he had been struggling to get the surface finished just perfect on, on the prior home that he was using, um, and he was a perfectionist. But uh, the technology of the equipment is is really come so far from back in the day when I started in a small shop and it's exciting to see what's going on and what's out there and you know technology and change is tough you know it's how do you learn about it i think you learn about it by being on the engine expo that we're doing today right you watch these videos and demonstrations the guys talking about decking the heads earlier uh the equipment is is advanced but also rattler has a great tech helpline and they'll they'll help you out they'll get you up to speed they'll get you going ed and his team you know they're vested in this process and and, and I'm a believer. I mean, I'm telling you, you have to have great people. You have to have great processes. But you have to have great equipment uh, to, do, to do a good job and compete at a high level. And Rottler's done just that. Well, isn't that a, it's just a challenge of life. Like you get into a groove, you're doing it, you're feeling comfortable with it. And it's working for you. So why change? It takes 
something to shake you out of it. Or, you know, we, we know in drag racing, you maybe stay with a tune-up a little bit too long. And you, you have to evolve. And, and you brought him in. I want to know what his reaction was when that thing was done in 45 minutes. Oh, he was so happy. <laughs> he was he was really working hard at it, you know, and and, uh, and struggling. But, you know, you have to keep looking ahead. And one thing that we've always said, and this is something my dad instilled in me, and it's true, you win with advantages. You know, you win with advantages uh, on building engines, it's equipment, it's people, it's at the track, it's, you know, drivers, pit crews, setups. Uh, you always are looking for that next advantage. And what we have done as a company at Roush 8 is, you know, we invested in that CNC equipment for doing the cylinder heads that we talked about. And then we started building our own valve train components. So we make our own rocker arms and all the valve train bits, all the front covers and, and all of the components on the engines. But as engines have increased in life, uh, so we used to rebuild these engines after every single race. And now they're run, we run them three races. So what do we do with that extra equipment, those extra resources we have? As a company, what we did is we decided to take that into defense and aerospace and other industries, uh, it's the same core skill sets and, and same things to apply, but we can apply that to other industries. And at Roush Hates Manufacturing Solutions today, uh, we have over 60 CNC machines and, and a lot of them are automated, run lights out 24 seven that makes components for defense and aerospace. And, and it's really all built off our history, racing, and the things we we've done here and and what we've learned and but you can have to continue to adapt and grow and change and and COVID has changed all of that right i mean we're here talking uh showing videos uh, we we would be at a trade show or or where you guys are at but uh we we can't just do that today but this is i, I think technology is good if you embrace it of course we'd love rather be there and, and hanging out with our friends and and people we've met through the years but i think technology is really good and if you embrace it and keep looking ahead and align with great partners and great companies like Ryler, I think you're going to have a lot of success in this business. Embrace technology. I love the message. And we'll all be back together again soon. We don't know exactly how long, but it's going to be a fun time. I can tell you that. One thing that I've noticed in the, in the arc over the years, uh, you know, back in the day, if your know, engines would blow. We, and it was part of racing, right? Like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy, they're all out of the race because the engines blew up. That doesn't seem to happen anymore. Um, I want to know your, your thoughts. Is it simply the technology that goes into it? Is it the, uh, the consequences? Like races are so important now that it's just unacceptable to lose an engine. It's almost not part of racing. You don't hear it anymore. Yeah, you're right, Joe. I mean, back in the day, like I said, when I graduated from college, we had about six people in the engine shop, and we would work with Scooter and Billy at Comp Cams, and they would send us a cam. If it made more power, we'd put it in the engine, go to the track, and, and we may have a failure. You know, I mean, we, we didn't fully test it. Uh, today, we have a R&D team of 40 engineers that just work on continually developing these engines, uh, no different from the, our competitors, but... We have so many talented people, but also we have everything that we get, that we need here to test those configurations. We have the Spintrons that came through many years ago. A valve train test rig was unheard of. Our first valve train test rig was a cam break-in machine. We had a Pinto engine on the front with a drive shaft and, you know, put the cam in, break the cam in because it was a flat tap at cam at the time. And then we would run it up in the RPM and listen for valve flow. That's how we knew if the valve train was unstable. If you could hear it audibly go out of control, uh, you knew that you had a problem. So today we have, you know, lasers that tell you the exact valve motion for every single cylinder in the engine. 
Uh, we take dynamic valve measurements on a run firing engine and that ADL test cell. So I think the resources, uh, the knowledge base, you know, everybody in the industry has obviously gotten smarter over the years. And yes, engine failures used to be part of the race. I mean, some races you would only have 10 cars finished or a couple cars on the lead lap. And today, uh, knock on wood, as an engine builder, you don't like to talk about that very much, but, but most of these things have been tested uh, and the suppliers have gotten better and, and the technology has gotten better. But it was an element back in the day and today it's not. And, and, and it's uh, what we do today is we really push the limits of the engine more than anybody, anybody would ever imagine. The operating temperatures of these engines today with a pressurized cooling system, we run up to 300 degree water temperature continuous in a race and oil temperature all in at 320 degrees and very thin oils as well so there's a lot of technology and coatings um, and and the other things that we develop to get advantages so the reason why we run them hot if you're wondering out there is so you can put more tape on the front of the cars and there's an aerodynamic benefit of increased downforce and reduced drag and there's a lot of lap time in being able to run the engines hotter so that's something that we've been working on. Of course, the engines, it used to be just make the most power you can. When I started, when I graduated college, these engines made about 650 horsepower. Very quickly, they went to 700 horsepower. And before they, NASCAR decided to slow them down and put paper spacers on them, unrestricted, naturally aspirated, we could make about 925 horsepower. Uh, but everybody kind of caught up to that. So where we're racing today is how hot can you run the engine? Um, how much? How good a fuel economy do you have? And um, and strategy things we work with our teams. How light the engine is, what the center of gravity. So we do a lot of design, a lot of different materials that we didn't do before, or used before. So uh, those days of just racing a dyno, which I love that time. I love just making more power and and uh, just racing, uh, making the engine better. We really work harder today to make sure that we give the teams what they need to get the car around the track faster, which is, uh, at the end of the day, is something we're proud of. And last year, we had a great year. Uh, our main partner is Ford Performance, uh, Edsel Ford and Ford Motor Company. And we love working with those guys. But between Stuart Haas, uh, Team Penske, Rush Fenway Racing, Front Row Motorsports, uh, we won 18 cup races last year. and and uh, 15 Xfinity races and the Xfinity Championship with Austin Cendric. And every year is a new year, and we haven't started racing yet, so we can still celebrate last year. But we had a great year, and uh, it, it's due to a lot of great great people and great partners like Rottler. Well, you guys did a great job uh, on the NASCAR side of the world just getting to the races. Like, everybody's life was disrupted, and as much as people were home, you guys were – the whole program changed, and yet you guys adapted, and you were able to go out there and do a great job. How how did that change the engine shop? Yeah, it was it was a very uh, uh, trying moment for the world, right? I mean, everybody encountered it in a different way, but you know, kind of leading our company and thinking about all 175 employees and their families, and can we work? Is it safe to work? You know, all those things that you kind of went through that process on the front end of it. That was changing hour by hour and. And week by week and at, you know we were getting ready to go to atlanta to race and they called and said hey we can't put the race on it it's too um covid's we're too rampant right now so they shut down in atlanta and didn't restart for nine more weeks so what we did is used it as uh a, an opportunity to try to create better engines and you know, we went to work on development and 
and uh, and worked on our manufacturing capabilities and really just use that time to try to get better and be proactive about it. And when we restarted at Darlington in May, uh, we we were fortunate to win that race with Kevin Harvick, uh, Kevin's 50th Cup win, which is something I'm really proud of, and then went on to have a great season afterwards. But it was a trying moment. You know, it's uh, something that uh, nobody planned for. It's a 100-year event, you know, as, uh, today. And uh, it's been a trying year, but with a great team and here at Roush Ace and the support of Ford Motor Company, we, we got through it. And we're looking forward to getting started racing again here in about a month or so. Very exciting. Looking forward to it. But we cannot let you out of here without hearing a young Doug running around in the 1980s NASCAR story. Like I know you have many, many, many. So just go to the well. Uh, you know, maybe Earnhardt's involved, maybe your dad, something. Like, uh, you, I'm sure you have a couple of real go-to ones. Uh, entertain us, Doug. Well, it, you know, I, one of my proud, I mean, lots of great moments growing up with my dad, watching his success with, with Bobby Allison, you know, Bobby and my dad won the championship with Dygard in 1983. Uh, that was a very special moment for him and our family. Uh, but one of the things I'm really proud of is, and I want to let everybody know it, this is something really, really cool, is that my dad built Richard Petty's 200 win engine. Now, oh. Richard won his 200th race at Daytona, uh, 4th of July, 1984. Uh, the President, Ronald Reagan, flew in on Air Force One uh, and uh, and Richard won that race. And what was cool about that is, you know, like I said, we came from really modest, humble beginnings. Uh, the car owner of that car, uh, uh, after the race, my dad, there's really cool picture of my dad, Bobby Allison, Richard Petty, Ronald Reagan, wow. uh, having a lunch. And they, of course they had Kentucky Fried Chicken and all that stuff and, uh, and did that. But after the race, we were like normal, we were getting ready to drive home and the guy who owned the owned the car. He said, hey, I'm going to give you the keys to my suite here at the nicest hotel in town. So we, we felt like we were we were pretty big stuff when we uh, got to, to stay in that suite and, and uh, celebrate that win. And years later, when my dad was uh, inducted into the, he finally made it into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Um, real, he was struggling with, with liver cancer at the time and uh, he found out he was, he was in and it was such, such a special moment. Richard Petty was there, and everybody knows Richard with a big cowboy hat. So Richard took his hat off, put it on my dad, and my dad got some pictures of Richard Petty and and uh, and hanging out. And so that that was kind of a, a crowning achievement to a guy who was uh, grew up, chased his passion, like the son of a Baptist preacher, uh, worked hard, and um, you know he said hard work and et- and just good work ethic. He never wanted to be a car owner. He just wanted to do a great job and. I think for everybody's out there listening that's at a, at a machine shop right now or has big ambitions to do something, chase your dreams, work hard, be great at something, um, and just focus on, you know, be really, really good, be the best at what you do, and uh, and you'll go a long ways. And this is a great industry. Uh, I'm really proud to be part of the performance racing industry and proud to be here with you today, Joe, and, and proud to be partners with Rottler and, and just um, chase your dreams. and. I'm just a kid who was screw up next to his dad and, and NASCAR took off and here we are today and we're trying to carry it on for future generations and, 
Uh, but it's all about racing. We love racing. We love working on engines. And uh, thank you guys for having me on today. Doug, thank you. And thank you for all you've done. This industry has grown so much. So many of us are making livings in the industry, whether someone like me just talking right. into a microphone, building engines or otherwise. We thank you for what you've done. And we wish you good luck in the 2021 season. And like you said, it's not far off. It comes very quickly. Yes, sir. Well, a happy new year to everybody. And Joe, thank you. And hopefully I'll see you around soon. Absolutely. Doug Yates for Performance Roush Yates Racing Engines. Thank you for joining us on the Engine Performance Expo. Doug Yates at the Engine Performance Expo going deep. And I didn't know about Richard Petty's 200th win engine. I didn't know that one either at the time. And uh, that was that was shocking, but it also made sense at the same time. Oh, yeah. And the thing, I was sitting there just blown away when Doug's talking about how quickly they can develop stuff. Like not only are they fast on the racetrack, these guys are insanely fast in the shop in terms of their manufacturing techniques. I mean, to, to me, I kind of knew a little bit about the Richard Petty story from before. Cause you know, that's my dad's era of, of driving rice. So I knew a little bit of some of those stories he was sharing, but the, what they were talking about with the cylinder head development and how quickly they're able to do things. Now that was mind blowing. So every time I hear Doug talk, you learn something. So you, it's like the old E.F. Hutton, right? When E.F. Yes. Hutton talks, you got to listen. When Doug Yates talks, man, you better shut up and listen. Yes. And, you know, that's why you got two ears and one mouth and all the machines they've got running, like just so many very impressive elements to that story. And it, exactly, to be able to just listen and learn uh, it was great. And that's what the Engine Performance Expo is all about. That's what Hidden Horsepower is all about. So we invite everybody, if this is your first episode, subscribe, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can pretty much get Hidden Horsepower, and it is great. But also Engine Performance Expo on YouTube and all of our social media. The, uh, the Hidden Horsepower group is going like gangbusters. There's a page. We did a live show not long ago. Like, uh, there's a community growing is what's happening exactly. there's a community it really is and, i mean we, we hear it i mean i know keith has mentioned it several times on the show but on a daily basis we hear from people here at total seal hey we watched the engine performance expo we've listened to the podcast we've been on the youtube channel we've watched the videos we've done this and they're like this really helps i mean i was talking to a guy the day and he's like man this is exactly what i needed to know it answers all the questions they had these problems, and it's like, oh, no, that's the solution. This makes sense. This is how you fix it. So it's it's great to be able to do these things and give back to the industry, especially for myself. I mean, this is this industry has made my life possible. You know, my career has uh, been well served by this industry because of what it's done for my family. And so to be able to do these podcasts and these events and give back and help other people uh, elevate their program and solve their problems and save them time and money and heartache and pain and be able to win races and finish races. Uh, that does my heart good to be able to be part of that. So thanks again to everybody that listens and subscribes and, and comments and feedbacks. It's great to have this community that we're building around hidden horsepower. 
And for those people that don't care about our community, but they want to go fast with their car and or maybe they're an engine shop and uh, they're thinking, listen, 40 percent of my engine's uh, friction comes in the piston rings. And I would love to make that less, like you said, run cooler, make more power. Uh, Where should they call? What should they do? 623-587-7400. That's the direct line for uh, technical sales here at Total Seal. Uh, you can probably catch, uh, <laughs> on occasion you may catch me, but you really want to catch Keith or Kevin or Bobby. They're the guys that really know all this stuff. Uh, it, it's That's the thing. Make us the first call, not the last. There's a lot of things that can help troubleshoot. Uh, yeah, my, even though we're not technically professional engine builders, and although Bobby did own his own shop for several years, you can call us. We'll help you out, get you on the right path, figure things out that way you can build that engine that makes more power, runs cooler, lives longer. That's the objective. We can do that. We do it for people every single day. So we'd love to have that call. Love to help you out. Great time once again at the Engine Performance Expo, and I love reliving some of it with you here today. Lake, thank you so much. No problem, Joe. It was great, and looking forward to do it again because, you know, that was one, you know, the inaugural Engine Performance Expo, but it wasn't the one-time Engine Performance Expo. There's going to be another one coming up in October. So stay tuned, and hopefully will be a chance for maybe some hidden horsepower listeners to uh, attend in person maybe. So we'll have to see. How about that? Yes, anything is possible, and uh, I am loving that this thing is uh, becoming a thing of its own. Lake, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, Joe. He's Lake Speed Jr. I'm Joe Costello. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WFO Joe or check out my own podcast, WFO Radio, where we interview star racers like Matt Hartford, uh, for instance, uh, and many others. If you like drag racing, you'll love it. And in the meantime, stay ready. More episodes getting ready to drop of Hidden Horsepower presented by Total Seal.